This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's official. Speaker McCarthy and co. are taking aim at Joe, the big guy, the brand, the Brandon, But will playing the game the Democrats invented mean R.I.P. for the GOP? Let's discuss. The show starts now. So it's official. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has ordered House Republicans to move forward with an impeachment inquiry into President Sleepy Joe. That's why today... I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the President would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. So here's the deal. Joe Biden deserves to be impeached, no doubt. The evidence is piled higher than the scoops on his daily ice cream cone. But sadly, as much work as Comer and Jim Jordan have done to present all of this evidence, it hasn't been enough to move the needle in the court of public opinion. So this impeachment inquiry will give them the tools to subpoena bank records and other important documents, other smoking guns, and that's important. And yeah, you're damn right we should start playing the game the Democrats invented. They want to be cutthroat and go after political opponents with little to no evidence? Well, damn right Republicans ought to do the same. Difference is, we actually have evidence on our side. But you know what we don't have on our side? The luxury of a do-over or a try-again or a second attempt. We don't have the media, the intelligence agencies, the law enforcement agencies, Hollywood, or even our entire own party on our side. So if we take a shot at the big guy, we better not miss. And even if Republicans are able to prove Joe not only knew about the shady business dealings but played a role, we do not have the votes in the Senate to remove him. That's why I'm concerned. What is our end goal? Kamala? The best thing that could happen to the GOP in 2024 is to run against Joe Biden. Are we sure we want to head down an impeachment rabbit hole that half the American people aren't going to follow or care about and take our eyes off the bigger picture, presenting a better America for voters? I want to be cutthroat too, but not at the expense of 2024. Like I've said before, we don't have the luxury to F around and find out. Here with her take on that and more is host of Just Listen to Yourself, Kira Davis. My friend Kira Davis holding it down in Orange County, California. I have a lot to talk to you about, California included in that list. But first, I do want to talk about this impeachment inquiry. So listen, I've got mixed feelings about it. I feel like he deserves to be impeached, but I'm a little concerned that if we go down this rabbit hole, we're going to lose American voters that want the GOP to provide, I don't know, a framework for correcting the errors of this administration instead of just what they're going to see as another witch hunt. What do you think? Is this going to move the needle in the court of public opinion? I actually think it does. I I think we've already gone down the rabbit hole. It's too late. We may have already hit that rabbit, the bottom of that rabbit hole when we elected Trump in 2016. I think we all agree that everything changed then. And back then, it seems almost quaint how we thought things changed. We couldn't have imagined how awful things would get. So I, I kind of think that's where we are. 
there is no more diplomacy. The Democrats blew it up. So this is what it is. This is what it is. I think Americans need to accept it. But I also think GOP voters do want to see a GOP with some teeth. We know that the prosecution of Donald Trump is completely unfounded, that it is completely disgusting. And that is what is taking us down the rabbit hole, not the response. That is. So it deserves a response. And I think McCarthy does need to have a show of strength here. So I have to disagree with you here. I think that this is the right thing to do. So again, you know, I feel like it's the right thing to do because I want to get those bank records. I want to get that information. Don't get me wrong. I think this is going to give us the ability to really uncover it. I'm just wondering when you look at the American people, there's been so much evidence already, right? And it doesn't seem like the American people care that much. And I'm not talking about the people that exist on Twitter or people that work in politics. We've all cared about it for a long time, but I'm talking about your average, average Joe out there that's just going to work trying to feed their family, and they really haven't cared about all the evidence that's been presented thus far. So I'm wondering, with even more evidence, we really need to have just like a smoking gun? That WhatsApp message felt like a smoking gun. I don't know what else they need. I don't know how much more we can present where the American people are going to go, okay, yeah, this is a problem. I, to I totally agree with you on that. I mean, I, I share your frustrations, obviously. We're both in media and we both get how the other side doesn't tell the whole truth. So you make a really good point in that respect. But I'll still say, I just, I don't think there's any ever any excuse not to pursue justice. And somehow down the line, it's got to pay off and maybe not even in our lifetimes, but maybe it will just be a record that history shows that will lead our children and grandchildren and great grandchildren to better decisions. I just I, I it's not fair. It's not fair that the American people don't see interested in this. They would be more interested if the mainstream media were more interested so maybe that needs to be a part of the GOP plan, figuring out how to get the mainstream talking heads interested. But the more I think about it, the more I think justice has to be pursued, even if it's done quietly, even if it's done in a way where people don't recognize it and, and hail it. I think the principle of justice is more important than what the American people are willing to absorb. I want to throw another curveball at you because this is another concern that I have, right? I think the Democrats are actually happy about this. I think the Democrat Party itself is happy about this. I think that they would love a reason, a good solid reason to ditch Joe. So I think they're sitting back going, Haha, they're going to impeach him. We can keep our hands clean. We can get rid of Joe. And then we can put Gavin Newsom in his spot. I, I don't think it's going to be Kamala. We can discuss that later. But I think that they're actually salivating like, yes, the Republicans will do the dirty work. And then we actually can run a candidate that we want to run like a Gavin Newsom. I would rather have our candidate run against Joe Biden any day rather than replace him. What are your thoughts on that? I think that you're very astute. I think that there are two camps going on right now in Washington, D.C. There is the shadow camp, right? Those are the people that are actually really running the government, the, the Valerie Jarrett's of the world that are behind Biden's. And then there's the Biden family, the Biden conglomerate. They don't want to go. And so there is a battle, an internal battle happening right now when it comes to the Biden administration. And I'm not intelligent enough to know who's going to come out on top on that one. So there is a push and a pull, but I think you're rightly recognizing that there is certainly a very influential part of the Democrat Party that would love any excuse to get rid of Biden. I don't think they would 
prefer impeachment to be that excuse because now you have an impeached, another impeached Democrat president on the historical books. But I do believe that, like you say, they would be salivating to get rid of him. And the reason I say that, Tommy, is because I've been covering California news all week here in our state. The governor has 220 new bills on his desk. And it's very interesting what he's doing, bills that he would normally assign willingly he's sent back. Um, he, there was a human trafficking bill that the Democrats squashed and, and they didn't want that because that makes it harder to traffic children. And of course, Democrats are into that. So they squashed that. It was a Republican proposed bill. Gavin makes a call last week. Yesterday, the entire Democrat Senate voted 79 to 0 for the human trafficking bill. That tells me Gavin knows he's going to need that messaging on the road. So I think you're very astute in, in assuming that Gavin is looking to replace Biden. And we know who his favorite auntie is. It's Auntie Nancy. So she's clearly pulling some strings. Absolutely, there is an element that would love to get Gavin Newsom in office or at least in that uh, campaign chair. And Gavin is acting like he knows something like that is mm -hmm. going to happen. It's an interesting time. So how do you think they get rid of Kamala? Uh, I'm not sure. Are they going to call in Hillary? I I'm not sure how you get rid of the Kamala problem because she is next in line gavin has said you know rightfully it's kamala's kamala is even less likable yeah i i know that but how does he the perception of it right nobody likes kamala but how does the perception play in a party that is so obsessed with race and gender how do they say yeah uh kamala would be the one but we just don't think she's good enough so now we're gonna go to another white guy i don't know how they do it i think they're going to i just don't know how well, that's the fun part. I guess we'll like get our popcorn ready and see what really happens. But I'll tell you what, Tommy, I, how do you get rid of Kamala, the first VP woman of color? Send out the Obamas. So yeah. I would be watching the Obamas very closely in the coming months to see how they uh, fare when it comes to the Kamala conversation. You'll notice they've been very, very quiet when it comes to her. And her and Obama were very cozy for a long time. So I, if I were running this strategy, I would put Obama and, and his wife out front on that, maybe doing some messaging like we love Kamala, but this isn't the time for her or she's got family issues. I don't think it was an accident that that cocaine was found at the White House and subtly tied to her camp, we'll, we'll probably see more stories like that. But if I were looking to get rid of, of, of Kamala, I would start planting stories about her and I would start uh, approaching the Obamas to begin some messaging on how she might have a different role to play. Maybe, that you know, they'll make her look good going out. The reason that Kamala's in there in the first place is because she's an easy target. So I think they'll be fine. Oh, it's going to be interesting to watch that one play out. It's going to cost them a lot of money to get her to step aside. I think that she can be bought, as any witch oh. can, but I think it's going to take a lot of money. Next thing I want to turn to, though, is some stuff happening in your state. I mean, God love you that you're still, I know the weather is beautiful, but you guys got a lot of issues. You mentioned a lot of bills coming up. You know, Gavin is trying to play moderate right now, which is a joke and a farce. We all know it. But that doesn't stop California from having a transgender history month. So the month of August, you know, the month of June is ruined. Now the month of August is transgender history month. Um, tell me how that's going to benefit you as a Californian. 
what the hell is transgender history month? First of all, I, I, don't, I don't, this is too much. By the way, Tommy, I've got kids in school. Sure. June is pride month here in California, but then you have pride weeks that spread across every town and County at different times across the year. We're basically all year long in California is LGBT Q plus all the other letters celebrations. This will just be more white noise. It's absolutely ridiculous. What is transgender history? It's absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, our kids aren't even learning real history. Do you know during Black History Month, I asked my daughter, what did you learn in school about Black History Month this month? Oh, well, we don't celebrate it. Do you know why? Because locally, we're celebrating Pride Weeks here during February and Pride Months internationally. So Pride has now um, come to subvert Black History Month, which is, of course, as you know, is very important to people like my family. You know, if I got to learn about transgender history, whatever the (laughs) hell that is, then I want my children to at least have a a cursory understanding of of Black American history. So I don't even know what to say, Tommy. Like, this is ridiculous. Send help. It's time to start flying the flag upside down. These people have taken control of every institution of California life. And it's insane how they are seeking to LGBTQify every single institution. It's but not you know, just about normalizing this. It's about taking over. Well, you know, they did put a brown stripe in the flag. So I think that they thought that that was, you know, in lieu of Black History Month. They took the pride flag. Oh. They put the brown stripe in it. So, you know, apparently that was that was uh, them paying their respects to Black History Month. You're right. It's, it's an absolute joke. California being the worst place. I mean, the Dodgers with the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, but there's there's even more that I worry about besides just the stuff that's the facade and the celebrations. And that's these new bills that are coming up regarding parental custody for gender-affirming care. I mean, there's got to be, I know, in Orange County, I think you guys are the divorce capital of the world. So mm-hmm. I think that that's got to be a big concern for people even in Orange County if California moves this direction where parental custody is based on who's going to affirm you know, a delusion, I'm really worried how that's going to play out. I'm worried too, Tommy. I actually don't have any jokes to make about this. This is really serious. And I'm a parent with a, with a kid still in school and um, the, the, the consequences are terrifying to consider. They really are. And I have to say, Parents, you know, if you can get out of California, you you probably should. If you have young school age children, if that's an option for you, you probably should. Be. Right now, your kids aren't safe. This is literally the inmates running the asylum. I was saying to somebody yesterday, you know, I have two great kids. I, of course, as a parent, think they are the most well-adjusted, kind, polite, intelligent children out there. But even I would dread having them be in charge of me at eight, nine, ten years old. And that's what the state is doing, putting children in charge of major life decisions, putting children in charge of of what what parents should think is best for them. It's totally upside down, but it's really on purpose. And if you take that bill and you couple it with some of the other bills that have passed, like this Trans History Month, which I can't say without rolling my eyes, Trans History Month, or other bills. Uh, there's a book, a ban to ban book, a ban to ban book bans, that uh, a ban on book bans that is sitting there. But the idea is that parents were using 
the curriculum to say, hey, you can't have this sexual material in classrooms. Well, all that sexual material is under LGBTQ headings. And so their solution, the Dem solution was to say, oh, well, you can't ban those. It doesn't matter if there's sexual content and it is LGBTQ. So that is going hand in hand with this law. What they're trying to do is make your child vulnerable. You, the parent, are the only thing standing between your child and pure evil. We all know that instinctively the moment we hold our children. And the state knows that the only way they can have their way with your child and some of the individuals in the state who would love to have their way with your child, they know they have to get you out of the way. And this is just one more thing that's happening across the state to make parents the enemy. I'm sure you've already covered this on the show, uh, Tommy, but our AG is suing Chino Valley School District because yep. they passed a parental notification bill. Our own attorney general is suing the parents for asking their school district to know what's going on with their children at school, for asking their school district not to keep sexual secrets about their own children in school. And our own attorney general who is supposed to serve the people is suing the people. So yeah, if you have the option to get your child out of this state, you very well sure, you very well should. We are in deep, deep trouble here and this doesn't look to be getting better anytime soon. So my last question for you, because I agree with you, I, I left California. I would never raise kids in California. Obviously, Orange County is kind of a bright spot, although obviously it's not immune from all the lunacy that's going on, as you just described. But my last question for you is to parents like yourself that have chosen to stay and to fight beyond running for school board as you did, what do you tell parents to do when they feel like everything is stacked against them? They don't know how to fight the fight. What do you tell them to do? I tell them to show up. Government goes to those who show up. And the reason why all of these dominoes are falling in this state, and you point out that I live in Orange County, Tommy, and this is a fairly conservative area, although we did flip blue in 2022. One of the reasons for that is that people are complacent. They, we live a nice life. It's sunny and we have nice houses and we're fairly comfortable. Our schools are fairly good. People didn't show up. I guess who was showing up? The activists, because they knew they had a 50-year plan. Conservatives, Republicans, and normal people don't have long-term plans. We're, we're busy going to work and paying our bills and coming home to our families and hanging out with them. That's what we want to do. That's the American dream. But every now and again, and you'll see my book back here, Tommy, it's called Drawing Lines. And it is a complete battle plan for conservatives to get in the game wherever they are, wherever you are in your life. You don't have to run for school board like I did and lose like I did. You don't have to run for office. There are little things that you can do right where you are, showing up to school board meetings, going to your school libraries, checking out the books that are in there. Become the squeaky wheel. Think about the squeaky wheels that have that are running our government right now. You know, we let those squeaky wheels in. It's time for everyone to get in the game. Let me say this, Tommy. I get this a lot from people. They say, I'm tired, I just want peace, and I know that that is all you want. You want to live your life peacefully, and that is a godly and good thing to do. But peace sometimes comes at the cost of war, and we are not in peacetime, and believe me, I am an innate peacemaker. I don't like conflict, but even I know that sometimes good and calm people have to take up their swords. Metaphorically speaking, all the <laughs> Democrats who are watching 
But we do have to take up the battle. We've got to step on the battlefield. The battle is right on our doorstep. It's no longer on some other front. It's right there. And we have no more yardage to give behind us. So everyone needs to get uncomfortable. Everyone needs to step up right now. So go get my book, Drawing Lines, and I'll, I'll lay it all out for you. You've done an excellent job at that. And, you know, I think that you're right. There's a lot of parents that don't want to run for school board. They don't necessarily want to be politically active. But when they can look to somebody like you and look at another parent that's willing to be called names and willing to be called crazy and willing to be called a Karen and they can associate themselves with you, that is really a a strong method to attack this because there's strength in numbers and I think there's a lot of numbers. Sometimes it just takes one like yourself and like a lot of other parents that are willing to take the brunt of it. So God bless you for doing that. God bless you for writing the book and stay safe out there in California. Uh, Enjoy Transgender History Month. So excited. Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) A year to wait, but it'll come around again. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, we're going to stick with this theme, folks, because call me crazy, but I happen to think it's a reasonable expectation that parents should be able to send their children to taxpayer-funded schools and not worry about them learning about blowjobs and gay anal sex. But maybe, maybe I'm just a prude. Quote, I got a new strap-on harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite dildo perfectly. You're going to look so hot. I can't wait to have your in my mouth. I'm going to give you the job of your life. Then I want you inside of me. End quote. Now, Mr. Secretary, what are you asking us to do? Are you suggesting that only librarians should decide whether the two books that I just referenced should be available to kids? Is that what you're saying? No. Okay. Tell me what you're saying. Well, first of all, there's this. Don't give me a speech. Tell me what you're asking will, me to do. With all due respect, Senator, and the words you spoke are disturbing, especially coming out of your mouth is very disturbing. But I would, I would also tell you that we're not advocating for kids to read porn, to Senator Booker's what point. What are you advocating for? We are advocating for parents, random parents, not to have the ability under the guise of keeping kids safe to try and challenge the world view of every single manner on these issues. You know, they can't be honest about it because if they were, they would flat out tell us the truth that they want kids to be groomed and reading about gay sex. I wish the left fought for any right as hard as they do for gay porn education in schools, but that wish is unrealistic and futile. So instead, good and decent parents, along with non-parent concerned citizens and taxpayers, have to stand up. My next guest is leading that charge and working to expose and end this radical and perverted indoctrination in K-12 schools. Courage is a habit. President Alvin Louie joins me now. Alvin, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I think we all had a slight ear bleed listening to, you know, those books being read aloud every time they do read something like that aloud. It, it really should be upsetting. But, you know, what are your thoughts, uh, first of all, on some of these book bans and those that are working so hard to defend them? Uh, we've never seen adults work so hard to put porn in schools. 
it is it is a remarkable thing to watch if you weren't living through it. And I think, you know, for my colleagues and those parents who have been thrust into this, uh, into this fight to protect children's innocence from all this indoctrination, I think all of us have probably uh, seen more smut in our life than we would reasonably like to. Um, but it's sad that we have to do it at during this time. But we have to do it because you can see that they will play any games. They will take any moment to gaslight, to language contaminate um, in order to keep to, to guilt parents into letting uh, these books stay in schools. Right. And they try to label this like LGBTQ acceptance and love mm -hmm. and all this. But really, it's mm -hmm. pedophilia and it's perversion yeah. and it's yeah. sexual deviancy and it's and it's gross. Um, I want to talk about gender spectrum because a couple weeks back, I actually got an email from our friends over at Open the Books and yeah. they exposed me to what gender spectrum is doing and that it's being funded by the state of California. And this right. this group is really troubling this gender spectrum. You know, part of the things I talked about is they're encouraging kids to create their own gender identity. And that's not just he, him, they, them, all that. It's actually things like Fox gender or autism gender. I mean, it really is like just yeah. create your own fantasy mm -hmm. pretty much. And this is what gender spectrum is pushing. Tell me more about this organization. I know that you've been working really hard to root it out and they've been really secretive about the ongoings, especially in California. Yeah, you did a great segment on it and I was really happy to see it. Um, it's not that they're just creating fantasies. They're quite literally creating new mental delusions in kids that doesn't have that don't have any. And they're exasperating kids who actually have underlining issues, because as we all know that the great majority of children that gets wrapped up into the transgender cult have uh, pre-existing comorbidities. And the gender spectrum being in school simply just exasperates that even further. Um, you know, when you talk about these organizations, these, these organizations that are not voted by by parents or by citizens, they're just these nonprofits that weasel their way into schools. When you say it's in California, people just roll their eyes and say, oh, yeah, it's California. And we always say here at Courage is a Habit that, that California is a crystal ball to the rest of the nation. Mm -hmm. um, but what we discovered here in Indiana, uh, super red majority, and we always tell parents, red or blue state doesn't matter when it comes to this issue. And we found gender spectrum uh, in Indiana, but not just Indiana. It is in Carmel, Indiana, which is a very wealthy suburbs, mm. one of the top 10 cities. And in every report is always the top 10, top five cities to raise your family in. And it is a, it is a beautiful city. And it's in not high school, not middle school. It's in K through 12. Uh, the Carmel Clay Schools partners with Gender Spectrum to use what they call a uh, gender support plan. And this is it's 10 pages. This is not one page. This is 10 pages where a school counselor fills it out with the child. Uh, and it's just furthering this delusion. And parents don't know this is happening in red and blue states. Uh, parents simply don't know that schools partner with these uh, non-governmental organizations or what we call NGOs. And Gender Spectrum is uh, very much guilty of that. Um, and parents don't know. You can say, let me see the curriculum. Let me see the curriculum. It doesn't show up in the curriculum because it's in the culture of the school. Right. 
and it's being funded by these states as well as, at least in California, it's being funded through a grant program by the right. state extended by Gavin Newsom. They want this to be in schools. And, you know, part of this also goes to these guidance counselors, as you mentioned. You know, back when I was in school, your guidance counselor asked yeah. you how you were doing. They wanted to know about your college preparation. They wanted to know right. about your academic achievements, your extracurriculars. Right. They didn't want to know what your sexual fantasies were. <laughs> I think that's gross. I think that's perverted. And if that were to happen to me when I was in school, which wasn't that long ago, I would have yeah. gone to the authorities because I would have yes. thought it was sick and it was gross. But now these counselors are being able to operate under this guise. And I'm wondering how parents are able to root some of that out because a lot of these conversations stay between parent and guidance counselor. And that's actually by design that they don't mm -hmm. want parents to know what these conversations are. So mm -hmm. what do you see as being, I guess, the solution to that when it comes to administration, guidance counselors, and those adults that are in the schools? So they no longer call themselves guidance counselors, exactly like what you said. When most of us were going to school, we saw the nice lady or the nice gentleman once every four years, and that was it. Uh, if you actually had any problems, they would bring your parents in. But that's those days are long gone. They're called school counselors now, and most of them come from the American School Counselor Association. Uh, Courage is a habit, did a big expose on it uh, last year called Behind Closed Doors. And uh, they, they do not look at themselves as school counselors. They're activists that happens to be school counselors. That's the, that's, the, that's the rub of it. They believe themselves to be missionaries, and your children are their mission. And so what they do is that they operate from the idea that parents are unsafe and abusive, especially uh, if you don't succumb to the transgender ideology. And so that is their angle and their mission is that parents don't know better. They don't know. We know your child. We know your children. And they believe that under the guise of mental health, uh, for parents listening there, you'll hear it under social emotional learning, under wraparound services, whole child, whole school. Any of those words mean essentially the same thing. It's just a mental health initiative, which is why they're now flooding the schools with guidance or school counselors and social workers, whereas before there you had one or two. Now you have uh, so many of them because they're meant to work with your children under the guise of mental health. And what we suggest for parents is um, in the uh, document that will probably be linked on your show notes there, on the last page of that, we have a, a, a form where we want parents to fill out to say, my child is not to meet with any school counselor, any social worker on staff or contract uh, without my present or written consent, either formally or informally. It is very important that parents drop that stake and draw that line on the ground and really hold them to it. Because once a child gets into that rhythm, into that umbrella, it's very difficult to get them out because they get their claws in and they say, you, the parents, are unsafe and abusive. And it's coming at such a vulnerable time when kids naturally don't really like their parents. And so they see somebody that's essentially enticing them with candy. And so this right. is why this is so dangerous. Uh, I can't even imagine what parents are going through. I want to thank you guys. Courage is a habit doing fantastic work. I also have to ask you before we go, is that a photo of John Stamos behind you? Because I just caught <laughs> no, my eye a, and I was a, like, is a, this a, is a, an homage um, to Full House? <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a custom artwork of David Copperfield. Oh, well, he looks just like John Stamos. Sorry, off topic, but I'm glad that we ended it that way. Oh, no, that's, a, that's a great way to end that. 
you have a beautiful office and thank you for all the work that you do in that beautiful office. God bless you guys and we will link that page so parents can go. That's an excellent way to take back some of their control. Alvin, I appreciate you being with me and keep us up to date on everything that's going on. You got it, Tommy. Thank you. All right. Up next, Joe Biden looked at the date on the calendar on Monday, 9-11, the 22nd anniversary of the radical Islamic terrorist attacks that killed thousands of Americans and said, today sounds like a good day to unfreeze $6 billion to the world's foremost state sponsor of terror. I mean, the hits just keep on coming. It's time for final thoughts. What do you do on 9-11 if you're the president of the United States? Do you A, fail to show up to a 9-11 memorial site, B, lie about where you were on September 12, 2001, or C, unfreeze $6 billion to the world's foremost state sponsor of terror? Well, if you're freaking Joe Biden, you do all three, all flipping three, folks. Yes, Joe Biden, or more accurately, whoever programs Joe Biden, decided that the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 would be the perfect day to inform Congress his administration will take steps to carry out a prisoner swap with Iran, but also lift sanctions at a value of $6 billion. What a guy, huh? What a guy. Now that we have an impeachment inquiry on the table, would probably be a good time to check whether or not Hunter and the big guy got anything from Iran, because damn, what a sweetheart deal. I honestly think Joe just looks at the U.S. and then he looks at the world and he looks at the U.S. again and just says, screw it, let's roll the dice. To sum this up, since Joe has sat his old ass in the Oval Office, he has overseen the deadly withdrawal of Afghanistan that left 13 Americans dead and billions worth of equipment and tech to the Taliban. He restricted and regulated American energy into oblivion, leaving us reliant on hostile nations. He allowed a Chinese spy balloon to traverse our country and military sites for a freaking week. He watched as the U.S. dollar was devalued and replaced as the dominant currency. Allowed and enticed 10 million illegals to cross our border unvetted and undocumented. And it just keeps getting worse. North Korea is now meeting with Russia and now Iran will have billions extra to toy with. And let's not forget Zelensky who has received $113 billion and counting. But guess who hasn't gotten Jack? The American people. $700 to Maui wildfire victims. Interest rates through the roof. Costs of groceries skyrocketing. Americans skipping meals and watering down baby formula to get by. This is just really something, isn't it? And meanwhile, we've got Republican leaders just out there playing patty cakes for limelight and social media attention. Fire them all. All of them, we've had enough. And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.